Revolution. I can't get no call to action, but I try and I try and I try. Hello and welcome to Call to Action, the go-to podcast for anyone trying to make sense of the world of marketing, advertising and beyond. In an industry that is a minefield of utter bollocks, we aim to capture our heroes and allies from the front line to have a chinwag with. It's like Pokemon Go, with the single but vital exception that it's not a short-term bandwagon of shite. It's brought to you by Gasp and I'm Giles Edwards. Today I've caught Rob Mayhew. A stand-up comedian and TikTok star, Rob sends Jennies, Gavins and Taras across agency land into hysterics with his painfully accurate portrayals of our decidedly dumb behaviours. Currently head of influence at Fleischmann Hillard, Rob has over 20 years experience working at some of London's top agencies with big brands like McVitie's, Krispy Kreme and Lacoste. Salad cream lover, sexy jumper wearer, and a man who can make IT taking remote control of your desktop hilarious. We're delighted to have him on the show. Rob says, my sketches are a love letter to the industry. We've got so used to certain ways of doing things that must just seem weird to anyone outside of the industry. The way we name our meeting rooms, the bobbing your head as you play a mood film in a pitch. It's funny because it's true. Welcome to the show, Rob. Giles, thank you very much. Lovely to join Call to Action. And also, just Pokemon Go is still going and um, it is still doing well. My brother-in-law plays it still. I had to clarify this um, before. I actually have no issues with Pokemon Go. I have issues with people thinking in agency land, especially that Pokemon Go is, you know, the answer to every question. And... Still the hot thing. Yeah, you're right. It's It was such a hot thing, wasn't it, many years ago? Probably about seven years ago now. And um, I was surprised to know it was still going, which is the only reason I mention it, because I was surprised. Uh, but it's still there. You know, you can still go out and collect virtual animals, which is still thrilling to me. Um, and we, we all should. <laughs> yeah, we all should. We all, need a, we all need to get out, don't we? So it's, uh, you know, it's still. It's, I'm sure it helps people get out and about. So nice to meet you, though. Nice to chat with you. And thank you for having me on. Oh, no problem. No problem. Right, we've got our seven quick-fire questions, Rob. Come on, so then. I'll start Hit me. with some easy, easy ones. Tea or coffee? Tea. London or New York? Stop it. New York. Ketchup or salad cream? Salad cream. LinkedIn or TikTok? TikTok. It's <laughs> a tough one. But TikTok. All right. Jenny or Gavin? Uh, Jenny. <laughs> okay, two more. Bill Burr or Jessica Curson? Jessica Kirsten. Uh, last one. Being honest in your weekly stand-up or lying about booking a meeting room? Uh, being honest in your weekly stand-up. More fun to write that one. If, if people don't know, they're very like they're very niche uh, questions for me. Uh, so well done with your research there, because that's very much um, my. You think you've just pretty much that would be my CV, I think. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I my I really want to work with salad cream and I keep putting them in all my sketches because I'm literally obsessed. I have it with every meal. I've got an immature palate. I I'm I should know better. Immature palate and I I my my poor wife. I like when we were first dating. I'd send her pictures of my food, and she thought my food was so horrific that she she I'd send her pictures of it and she started she created this like um called oh my beige on on Instagram which was like a collection of my meals with my permission sort of with my permission and it would all have always feature salad cream now so my obsession with salad cream it was on my wedding uh invite it was on my wife made me a tray for my 42nd birthday that had salad cream on it and I don't I still don't know why salad cream haven't reached out to me to because I'm a true fan Giles and it's that's what all brands want isn't it yeah I don't doubt you're a true fan was was salad cream available at your wedding it wasn't I think I'm there I may have been like a joke salad cream on my table but um no I would have been it's still it's quite expensive in New York to get salad cream just so you know. Well, without meaning to sound like I'm trying to make salad cream chat a bit more highbrow, Thanks, everyone. What, 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 <laughs> what pairs well with salad cream? Crisps in a sandwich? No, no, no. We're talking curries, spaghetti bolognese, every <laughs> every meal. It's a it's a problem. Don't don't try and say we'll just have mayonnaise. It's not. It's the vinegar I love. It's the sweet vinegar, and just people. 
you re- it re- it's quite classist. People think salad cream is is very working class, and you, you can really by people's reaction to me having salad cream really shows brings out their nasty side. So just remember that if anyone attacks me for salad cream, but I'll t- I'll have it at work. I'll have it at work. I'll have it have at least two or three bottles at home. Before I got married and moved in with my wife, I not in that order. Before I moved in with my wife and got married, I had would have like old like salad creams. You know, I'd finish one and leave it in the cupboard. I'd have like ten, maybe ten used salad creams. Anyway, that's I could talk all day about salad cream. Oh, so my, is is oh my beige still available? Is that still live? It is still there because I think I've lost the password. My wife handed over the login and then I've lost it, but it's still there. I'll we, maybe we can find a way to post it in the. I don't know, some chat or something. There's not really that chat, is it? And then can I just, last thing, Jessica Kirsten or Bill Burr was the comedians. Jessica Kirsten is a New York comic uh, who is just one of my favourite comedians I've ever seen live. Um, just wonderful comedian. And she's brilliant. And she's got a special out. I think you can hear her on Spotify. Going, I mean, Bill Burr is obviously incredible. But I just love Jessica Kirsten live that she's got an energy that is just insane. So big sh- big shout out to Jessica Kirsten, the comedian who I don't know, but I love to bits. She's just brilliant, hilarious. You've managed to get two more Jessica Kirsten fans in the process of us researching this because I must be honest, Soph and I, my wife, are massively into stand-up and pre-pandemic we used to go well, certainly pre-kids as well. We used to go kind of at least once a month to see a stand-up comic. We've seen Bill, I, I adore Bill Burr. And I saw Bill Burr at Royal Albert Hall, uh, however many years ago that was. I did as well, yeah, doing his Paper Tigers. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it, yeah. But I, but I didn't know Jessica. Oh, yeah, she, I watched that again the other night, Paper Tigers. I, I really, it's just, I mean, I've seen Bill Burr live a few times. And I think the first time I saw him live was about sort of maybe 10, maybe eight, eight years ago or something. And you just, when you see someone like that at the height of their career, you just, it's just an incredible experience, isn't it? And him at the Royal Albert Hall again was incredible. But Jessica Kirsten, yeah, she just hasn't hit the mainstream, but she's, she, Bill Burr produced her special that was on Comedy Central, not really available. Uh, so, but she's doing a new one, but you can see her on YouTube. She's just, she just, she speaks really quickly and she's just so funny. I can't, anyone that says women comedian aren't funny, which I don't hear a lot of that anymore, but just, I send them to Jessica Kirsten because she's one of the best, one of the greats. She is, and I was surprised actually, it's why I, I, we put Bill Burr in there. I was surprised he was involved in, in her special, which I think is available on Amazon Prime, by the way, but I'm not sure. I think you have to pay for it. Oh, okay. There you go. And and the last quick file, uh, lying about booking a meeting room, just because I want to get her in trouble. I have a good friend who, by process of elimination, people who know me can work out who it is, but she used to work at Microsoft, and uh, she genuinely used to book meeting rooms to have a nap. <laughs> Brilliant. But that's what it's for. I've done one about what meeting rooms are really used for, and I came to, like, you know, booking holidays, talking to your partner about what you're going to have for dinner, uh, gossiping, uh, just, you know, maybe going in there to watch Limmy on Twitch at nine o'clock in the morning, 9.30. Just, just, you don't, you know, there's a lot of reasons for using meeting rooms, isn't it? And one of them is having a nap. Hung, when you're hung over, oh God, please stop it. It's uh, take a Coca-Cola into a meeting room. That's what you need, isn't it? A bacon sandwich and a, just a bit of quiet time. Uh, so Rob, to start the show, what we like to do is celebrate weird and wonderful ways that guests get to where they are in their career. So you're currently head of influence at PR agency Fleischmann Hillard and a by day and by night a stand-up comedian. But what was your first ever job? And then what was your first like proper job? So I'm a, I went to Nottingham Trent University and we had a year's placement. So it was a four-year course with a year's placement. Had no idea where I wanted to go. Everyone else got jobs at like Boots and, you know, all these big kind of companies near Nottingham. And I just couldn't, no one, I went to all these interviews, no one would have me. Um, and they, the, the woman at the the kind of office that kind of deals things. So, so there's a small agency in London uh, who does like marketing. They're called Team LGM based off in Marlebone they'll have you. So that was it. And then a few of us went there. It was an, I didn't even think of agencies. I mean, I knew about advertising agencies. This wasn't really an advertising agency, like a blow the line agency. So they spent a year there, met loads of amazing people who've gone on to like work in very incredible agencies. They're no longer around, like a lot of the early agencies I worked at. But I got bitten by the bug of working in agencies and just the culture, the people, the work. I mean, some of my first clients were like R. Joe Wiggins paper. So we weren't, didn't go in, it wasn't immediately sexy, but it was, it's just something about the energy. We were doing point of sale for different things, being based in Marlebone. 
I mean, I think I was living in Halsden. This was like 2000, yeah, 2000, you know. So it was just, I was just being in London. I thought straight after university, I, I then got a job at, I think it's selling professional engineering magazines, selling advertising space, but soon quickly went to BD Network, um, another agency who is around. And and just since then, and just, you know, worked below the line, working sales promotion, shopper marketing, moved into digital PR, and now kind of in the last sort of 10, 15 years, however long Facebook's been around, working in social media and influence and found my, by inevitably if you've been doing it for 20 years you find yourself in a senior role so I'm uh, I've fought my way into being a sort of head of influence at Fleischmann Hillard who uh, you know a big agency PR agency but just absolutely wonderful I will sing their praises because I don't I never really wanted to join a big agency Giles because I've I like smaller ones but actually Fleischmann Hillard we're kind of a small consumer team they take care of their employees, which I look for now. Now I'm in my forties. You know, you look to the bet. You look more to benefits than culture, but they've got a good balance. They send me loads of nice things when I'm working at home. They'll send. They've got like a culture team, and they'll send like hampers and things. Like it's Easter. Here's an Easter hamper. Yeah, I think you only get that at bigger agencies now. But very happy, and I'm there. Yeah, head of influence, and it's great. I'm enjoying it. That head of influence also means you know TikTok and you know, social. It's a, it covers a lot of things. I'm probably going to change my job title, I think. Now I'm having success with TikTok and things. I think I can sell a lot more than just influence within that business. So, but yeah, it's exciting times. And and presumably head of influence or how, how else you might better articulate it now. How has that differed to the roles that you had during that? What's that been, 20 years-ish? Yeah, so I think now, I mean, I've kind of managed to get, I was I was very much client servicing within digital, social and, you know, just agency life. So I'd have different accounts and, you know, might be anything from Bulmers or GSK or McVitie's. And I'd be kind of a social media lead. And that was great. I, I did after a while fall a bit out of love with social media because I was a bit fed up with Instagram and sort of writing strategies for brands and social media when you just kind of have to pay to get stuff seen that's kind of what happened within social and then tiktok came along and it sort of changed everything and and so what i've now done i've sort of carved out a job for myself where it's the things i'm interested in so i don't you know i work for a pr agency i don't know a lot about pr and they but they were keen to get in people from outside of the industry because you know it's just the same people i think it's only a pool of about 20 people no. um so i think you know there and i what i now i specialize in is you know strategy kind of content strategy channel strategy but really what I'm trying to pivot into is kind of I'm the TikTok expert but I also the influencer expert as well just from doing lots of influencer campaigns and that goes with you know paid and gifting and all that sort of stuff so there's a little bit of PR there but actually it's more about content and social and and that sort of thing and you know it's what I do and and just the success I'm having now with TikTok and LinkedIn uh, and that world, uh, you know, being a content creator has just made my job more interesting, I think, because um, brands are now interested in, you know, the exp- what I've learned from all the time I've put in, I worked four days a week at Fleischmann Hillard. So I spend a day a week working, or I did before we had a baby, just comes as a caveat, uh, working on TikTok. This on Fridays, I'll spend creating content on tick for TikTok and for my own channel. And so, so I can use all of that to kind of, then I'll, I'll feed in all those learnings into, you know, things that I'm doing for clients. So it's it's great. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice that I've found this nice little niche you know, and it might change. I'm more, I'm interested in the metaverse and NFTs, all those things that could either live or die. We don't know yet, but I'm, you know, I think what's interesting as you get older, you ha- you don't have to be sort of a, you can don't have to generalize. You know, I, I've, you, I think you can kind of, I'm good at this. There's certain things in agency life I'm terrible at. You know, I'm not saying I've got bad attention to detail gels because I don't want to like upset anyone who wants to hire me. But you know, you know, there's certain things I'm just not the the best at. Project management. I'm not going to sit here and list things I'm bad at. Um, but I um, you know, they're, but they're things that I'm brilliant at, which is like strategy and TikTok and just social media and influencer stuff. So I'm like, just let me do that. Like that's what I should be doing. And I think when you get to my level and my age, people are happy to let me do that as long as I'm bringing in business and keeping the clients happy. 
Do you, um, I know you, I, I did read actually that you fell out of love with social media and then obviously TikTok kind of rekindled that. Do you think that's more so due to it being TikTok or more so to it just being something new that you could explore and kind of play around with? I think it's being TikTok because it, because it's an entertainment platform and a, the algorithm, because it's a discovery platform. So every time I post a TikTok as a content creator or as a brand, uh, it'd be discovered by new people. So whether you have a hundred followers or a million followers, you, you're all in the equal level playing field for content going viral. So it just, the creativity that's brought out in me and it's it, it just, it, once I started to figure out that, cause I, I ha, I'm account handling, I'm not creative, so I don't have production skills. So when it, when it came to Instagram, you know, I can do a strategy, but things cost a lot of money. If you want to do a shoot, it's very high production values on Instagram. Whereas TikTok allows you to kind of just a good idea is a good idea. You need to understand storytelling. All these things I love as a comedian and as a just what I consume. So it just sort of it's as a platform and entertainment and all of that. You can't you need a separate strategy for TikTok. You can't just reuse your Instagram strategy. So I, I just loved that. Oh, I, I was like, oh, I can become an expert of this. Uh, quite quickly I can use my comedy chops uh, from doing stand-up to just create my own sketches it hadn't quite fit it took me about four months to figure out that I could do sketches about the workplace and agency life so you know I was messing around with stuff um, and just understanding you know how it worked what would work what music to have in the background what trends to use and you know, it's, I just fell in love with it. And, and I, I could then take all of that to clients and just talk passionately because even now, like agencies and clients don't get TikTok. You're not, I always think I'm too late to these things, but you're never too late. And actually it's still early days with TikTok. Um, and so, you know, I've been on it for what, a year and a half now, November, a year and a half. Yeah. It's just, it gets even more exciting now. And, you know, it's now I'm having a little bit of success on on TikTok with a hundred thousand followers and and now posting stuff on LinkedIn. It was interesting you put you pitched LinkedIn against TikTok there. It's um because it's it wasn't an easy answer. It, it's I love TikTok, but actually I'm I'm also I love LinkedIn now recently. So it's something we can talk about because it's um you know for business opportunities and and uh, networking LinkedIn is unbeatable um but for me as a content creator it's still tiktok you know i i love tiktok and what it's done for me and just allowing me to be creative on a friday uh it's just i enjoy it so much being able to come up with an idea it's like stand-up comedy you come up with an idea you write it down you perform it that night that was taken away during lockdown so tiktok allowed me to you know i can i could if i had an idea about elon musk taking over twitter yesterday i could do it this morning get it up uh and film it and within 20 minutes it'll be out there and hopefully people will be laughing at it and that's what tiktok allows it allows people without any production skills to be able to use the app to create content yeah i was going to ask you whether it was a good way of, of testing material because it would make sense for it to be that yeah it is and and just you know i've, I've kind of put stand up on the back burner just through the nature of COVID and, and having a baby. So it's the last few months I haven't been out and doing stand-up. So it just allows me to just to release my creative, you know, I, I mean, I say that sounds a bit, I sound like a bit of a wanker, but I, it's, it is true. It just allows me to kind of uh, keep writing comedy and, and keep writing, you know, just, just keeps my mind working, I guess. Is it, is it easier without the crowd or is it, or is it less rewarding maybe to not get that like immediate feedback you'd get a physical stand-up it's different yeah i mean nothing beats stand-up but um it is also very rewarding the speed that i can turn things around now because it's because I, I found my the secret to my kind of being able to post consistently when i first is really this i find it really easy to write a sketch about agency life because i'm living it but also just the way, you know, I don't have to leave my house. I use a green screen on the app. Uh, I just find a Google image picture. I can be on the beach. I can be in the meeting room. I can be in the kitchen. I don't have to leave the spare room here. And like it's, yeah, it just makes it really easy. And that which means I can t make 10 sketches on a Friday 
Uh, and I think part of the success of what because I don't, it's not a hassle. It, I don't get tired. I won't give up after a lot of people just give up after three months because they're not getting the, the success they want. But I've never really looked at the numbers. I've never really, uh, you know, I just enjoy making what I'd want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose as well because I, I mean, as I said earlier, Sophie and I go to a lot, all go to a lot of stand up gigs, and you get the um, those I can't remember what they're called now. Those um, like test type stand-up sessions where they take comedians take material that they're working on yeah work in progress shows yeah work in progress Um, and we saw uh, russell kane a couple of years ago and actually the late great sean lott we went to see him as well uh, do one of these shows and his his was probably a bit more uh maybe he'd progressed it a bit more because it felt a little bit more joined up but i know with russell's show he was literally you know pen and paper in hand as he was going and, and making comments as the jokes kind of landed or didn't but i suppose with tiktok you 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 don't need to worry about things being joined up because you can just do so many little short, sharp, uh, like test bits of material. And I don't, when I do stand up, I tend to just do stand up. Uh, I don't really talk about work. So actually, I'm, I'm trying, the thing is, when if, like, if you were to come and see me now, I probably would just do stand up, you know, just relatable stand up jokes and stuff. Um, but I'm trying to figure out how I, you know, all the all this great material, well, I'm, I am working on it. You know, how can I, make a show out of all this great material I've done and you know this captive audience I've got um and also I'm I'm working on at the minute doing sort of how can I do live spoof sketches and like spoof company meetings and spoof pitches and that sort of stuff so you know it's open it's changed a little bit how I approach stand-up you know rather than just talking about oh weddings and you know being a dad and all this kind of stuff that I tend to do within my stand-up is actually you know, I've got this captive audience now of people that like my agency comedy. So how do I, you know, write specific stuff now about agency life? I can be a little bit more niche with it because I know that, you know, agencies have been asking me to come and perform at their summer parties, which I'd love to do. So I need to, I need to get writing gels, essentially. I need to spend a bit of time just figuring out what this could be. Uh, and, and, you know, then I can take it on the road to different agencies and summer parties and award shows, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be ace. I, I, um, we did deliberately put LinkedIn versus TikTok on your, on your quick fire because we, because we read, um, that you're growing faster on LinkedIn. I am, yeah. Um, I mean, it, yes, yeah, I am. It's, it's, it, what some, what happens if you get go viral or you get like a, I, every sort of maybe maybe once once or twice a month I'll get a post on TikTok that will get like a million views, and naturally you just you just skyrocket like you know ten twenty thousand followers and just overnight. So. Uh, but I, I'm just, I'd say, you know, I'm at the minute I'm I'm growing more consistently in the last month. I, before Christmas, I had 200 followers on LinkedIn. I didn't even know followers was a thing. And then uh, I've got like 35, 38,000 now on LinkedIn. So I, in the last, that's in the last sort of six weeks, I'd say. So that's, I'm growing very quickly on LinkedIn. As, I'm, but I'm, repo, I'm just reposting my TikToks essentially. But it's, uh, but it's yeah, it's really interesting. So yeah, it's and the good thing about LinkedIn is that you can just stalk everyone who views your content, and you know I can see that, you know, brand, what brand managers are looking at my at me, and you know people are very kind and message me all the time, so I can go, oh, you're interested, we like a meeting. So it's it's an, it's a whole new thing for me, LinkedIn. And uh, I've, I, what's really nice is if things don't do well on TikTok or you know don't quite get the response. I don't stress because actually I know I'll post on LinkedIn and actually I, I start to create content thinking about the LinkedIn audience as well. It's just giving me more confidence about, you know, I can write, you know, what's it like for an agency to pitch uh, the metaverse? You know, I probably wouldn't have done that before because I thought that, you know, who can, you, I, d- I don't think I would have had the confidence that uh, that would do well on TikTok, but I was wrong. It has done very well. And actually the more niche I get on TikTok, people still respond to it. So it just goes to show that those people are following me on TikTok. So it's good. I was going to ask that, actually, because I would have thought that the material that was more targeted at at our industry, because a lot of us, I I suppose, more so than lots of industries, we're kind of obsessed with LinkedIn and all at least sort of live there at least part time versus TikTok, where, as you mentioned earlier, it doesn't have that same algorithm that drives a lot of other social media uh, channels that just create echo chambers. It is so like almost anti-algorithm. It's just so broad and to such a bigger um, potential audience. 
but I think the algorithms learn the type of people that like my content. It's very clever. That's why it takes uh, months to kind of really get that, you know, like I've still put hashtags, but I'm not sure I need to because I think it knows that I do agency workplace sketches. Uh, they're funny um, <laughs> sometimes and relatable. Uh, like, um, But actually at the same time, I, I love at the weekends, I'll, I'll throw out, you know, things that aren't workplace agency specific. So I'll do you know i like to pivot and do things like what's it like being in the queue for everest you know if you're climbing everest because you know there's a that you know you queue up to climb everest these days so i like to sometimes create other things outside of my niche and and yeah the output you know tiktok's great for that so yeah it, it does find it does find the right people tiktok um it does it, it's very good at getting you an audience whatever your content's about it could be about rugs it could be about um you know, instead uh, of being in a startup, whatever it is, it will find your it will find your people. You just got to stick with it, basically. I wonder though if it also demonstrates that there's that there's there's more opportunity for people to actually have a bit more personality on LinkedIn. Um, I certainly think that's true in in advertising in general. We've kind of we, we, there was like this weird decade where we moved away from humour in ads more so than say the eighties. I remember growing up just actually enjoying ads like the Barclay cards ads with Rowan Atkinson and things like that. Oh, they're um, amazing, weren't they? They're, they're so funny, and it's just, it was always we shied away about actually having fun. I think so, and you know, all the ads are like they're sort of poetic and moody and kind of inspirational. There's less funny, I think now. It seems to be a bit less funny, but I think LinkedIn. You know, I was using it for jobs for years. You know, you'd kind of whenever you need a job, you'd go on there, and and I wasn't really posting. And then you know, I started posting my sketches, and I think people just liked the fact that they, you know, they're very hyper well, I use the word hyper uh, unnecessary then but they're very like relatable uh they're still workplace you know they're still agency specific so uh it, there's something you know you just people can relate to them I don't think people had necessarily seen that that often you know people often talk to me about there's a book out called e that came out in the early 2000s about just it was a series of emails I can't remember what it was about, but it was a, I think it was based in an agency. It was a series of emails and everyone got very excited about that. And people often refer to my content a bit like that, which I think is a big compliment. But, you know, it's but it's got an audience and I'll post on LinkedIn four or five times a day, which people, you know, I think that goes against the general rules of LinkedIn. But, um, you know, but I, I it's great. I've been getting like hundreds of thousands of views of my uh, TikToks my my sketches and it, it's great you know it's nice and I've met lots of amazing people I've had lots of brands and agencies and you know I, I think you know I'm talking to Fleischman Hillard now about just like what can we do to capitalize on on this wonderful world we've got of this b2b audience I've curated um you know but they've, they've been really supportive with me and you know they just let us do what you need to do you know they don't want to start taking over my feed or sticking the Fleischmann Hillard logo on anything it's not about that but it's like you know I've got brands that want to work with me and you know it's about what's the the, the question is though Giles like me as a content creator is one thing and then there's this kind of other uh strategy uh TikTok expert side of things which exists which I can then bring into Fleischmann Hillard so I keep them separate you know, if someone wants to, if a brand wants to be on my TikTok, then they can talk to me direct. Whereas if it's a, you know, if it's they want some help with their TikTok, I'll probably do it through Fleischmann. So. We interrupt this podcast to announce that we will never interrupt this podcast with ads. Ads that awkwardly nudge you to contact the pod's host, Giles Edwards, at giles at gasp.agency. Only the other day, some pod listening companies did just that calling for guidance on research and brand identity. But we're definitely not asking you to do that. Anyway, back to the show. Driving a forklift truck at the Ribena factory in Kelford, Gloucestershire. Ah, Call to Action, episode 11, with the one and only Rory Sutherland. Not what we were looking for, but hang on a minute. I think um, you mentioned there about ah, there four or five times a day, which might go against the kind of LinkedIn whatever uh, best practice or whatever that term is but I but I think actually that's an important point because I think everything just becomes so formulaic so quickly like as if there is a best practice or right way of doing things so the fact that you're doing something that is probably uncommon at least leads to it I don't know maybe maybe seeming distinct and different yeah and I just think I like I just think about just 
I attack it a bit like I do with when I do strategies for brands and things. It's like, you know, with LinkedIn, if you don't want to see something, you just you just scroll past it. So if you don't want to watch my sketches, don't watch them. But like with with LinkedIn, you can kind of it's not too disruptive. You'd, you'd have to click on it and watch it. So I just think I'll just keep keep posting. And also, quite frankly, I've got like 1500 sketches I've done now on TikTok. So. I've got a bunch I want to share with people, so I'm just both I'm bombarding LinkedIn with with these sketches. So fifteen hundred, that's insane. I know it's a lot, isn't it? I was posting on TikTok. I was posting eight a day, so I was freelancing, and at the start I was doing eight a day. I mean, I had a very supportive wife throughout all of this. <laughs> so you know, I've been very. She's like, just go and do what you need to do, and you know, it's when you're when you're not working when you're freelancing. It's either. I mean, we've got to fill your time up with something, haven't you? And I thought like TikTok was a good way of making these sketches was one thing. Uh, it was either that or gaming. You, did, you chose, you chose well. I, I, I really like Rob when I when I read that you you called the videos a love letter to the industry because I think quite easily you, you could have I don't know someone could have assumed that it was quite the opposite. But but the fact that it is making fun of something in celebration of rather than criticizing. Yeah, and it's just holding a mirror up. Like, there's nothing, you know, when I talk about sort of when you go into another agency's reception and you see they've got, like, old magazines of when they, you know, their <laughs> campaign from five years ago, they've got award, yeah, they've got awards on their, like, in the cabinet. Like, it's all true. And so the truth the truth is funny. Because, like, there's not even, I haven't even written jokes for that. Like, when I do, that's the thing I love about this industry. I just sometimes just need to, just to just to highlight some of the things we do because it's just so funny and ridiculous isn't it and and also it's just it's interesting to know that we all do these things uh and good or bad you know we all do these things and it's you know it, it just brings it makes things very relatable and and for even for people i've had a lot of people who are just getting into the industry now who like to look at my sketches and to get a bit of an insight into the world of it and i'm like yeah you know of course yeah it's very i like to some some of the things I'll highlight are the ridiculousness and and um, you know the bad thing not not bad things but the annoying things things that annoy me in the industry as well like I don't know the meeting rooms or the pitch process or things that are you know I'll talk a lot more about them than just the great things you know because it's more funny yeah I mean it's just this it is a love letter to the industry I love I love working in the industry I've worked like I said I've worked in below the line above the line shopper. I've worked in uh, all the different disciplines, digital, social. I've worked client side at Lacoste and Pentland Brands and Tom Dixon. I've been made redundant. I've not passed my probation. I've, you know, I've, it's not, I haven't had like one of those careers that's just been, you know, I wasn't made account director at the age of 24. I've had to, <laughs> very, you know, so I've got all these very, and, you know, I'm also at that level now where I can talk about this without fear of it, you know it coming back to haunt me hopefully so it's you know I've got I've got the honor and the confidence now that I can highlight all of these ridiculous things that have happened to me and you know I know what it's like to walk into a meeting room and HR sat there because you haven't passed your probation not for anything sinister just like you know you're just not the right fix so I can do sketches about that um and you know I've been skint you know I've uh, I've had to sort of my only social life was you know going to the work parties and you know so I know what that's all that's like I've been in meet I've been shouted at in before pitches I've I've had toxic bosses I've had great bosses but I'd say all the agencies I've worked out I've loved you know there's nothing you know there's not there's no Jenny really there's not there's no jet so Jenny's the kind of the boss who I have a love-hate relationship with who's just a bit she's she's not toxic but she just you know she works really hard she kind of wants to suck the fun out of working in an agency and so you know I've never worked with a Jenny so that's why I've chosen that name. What about Gavin and Tara? Gavin uh I've worked with a few Gavins but they're no Gavin's a mixture of people but the Tara is based on a friend of mine called Tara who's an art director uh and I just like I just like using her names to be honest because Tara it just feels like you know you've got that kind of trendy art director uh is and Tara is that you know she's currently working in Amsterdam she's one of those uh art directors and she's just cool and she has a bit of OCD and she's just great art director but she's she's a she's one of those people that will work late on a pitch and just doing a great job so she's a great character to bring into this yeah it's a good place to be for an art director amsterdam especially if you're tall. it is they're always they're all tall yeah. over there 
Exactly, she is tall actually. So, so you think there's? I mean, there sounds like you've got fifteen hundred videos already. There's probably room for thousands more. Yeah, I'll never run out, Giles. I don't think I'll ever run out of um, of ideas. Just, just you know, just thinking of any type of like the pitch process. There's so many stages to it, and also just having different takes. I could take like. I've been doing this thing at the minute where I take like, you know, um, the honest handover or the honest leaving speech or the honest. So you can just I can do different versions of that. I can, you know, I just I'll just lie in bed and I'll think about all these agencies I've worked out. I'll just think like of what's it like to go into work on a Sunday that, you know, if you're going into the office on a Sunday, number one, you want everyone to know you're there because what's the point in being there if you're not going to get credit. So you send an email, you number one, you've, I get, I get, I, even though I come across as very confident, I'm actually quite shy. It's, I mean, I, I, I'm not shy, but I get embarrassed quite easily. I get quite anxious about things. So things like um, I'd, I'd get super stressed about, getting into the office and unlocking the door and the alarm going off so all of those like oh like if at work if there's a communal kitchen and I don't know everyone in the agency or it's it's like a a we work a shared communal kitchen that stresses me out because I feel like someone will just go why are you doing that with the kettle or you know like that's not the tea bags are not available to everyone you know so but that, that to me is, that's the sort of content I like to make because it's just, that's who I am. And I just make stuff that's relevant to me and things I've experienced. And do you, do you have, has this, I suppose, success you've had with these videos, has that made you more confident at all when it comes to those situations? I think so. Yeah, because I, I think now, um, yeah, absolutely. It's highlight. Just, I now know that, you know, when you go around the table in a meeting and you have to introduce yourself and do a fun fact, everyone finds that horrible. Uh, I thought it was just me that found that because everyone always has really smart answers and I just panic and just get my name wrong. I have to write down like my name on a piece of paper and my job title and where I work because I just feel like I'm just going to talk about an agency I worked at five years ago or something. So but that, when I posted that one, you know, everyone relates to that. And, you know, yeah, it does give you confidence. And, you know, it, it, I think it's just that shared this, this, this shared ridiculousness of some of the things we do in in, in either the day-to-day things that we all kind of accept as uh, behaviours in an agency, you know, are ridiculous. They are. It's part of the reason why we always introduce our guests on this um, podcast, because it is just fucking ridiculous when you're asked to introduce yourself. Oh, it's just like, yeah, exactly that. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's always fun when you have to write a bio uh, when you know when you get asked for to, to send a bio and a picture I just I mean that'll take me half a day just thinking about that I, I should save my bio because I get asked all the time and I lose it and I have to keep rewriting it but um and I always start with you know 20 years experience because that's like the one thing I think is quite unique but is it anymore I don't know well every, everyone trips up on that intro so my um so Sophie who I founded Gas with my wife she's like incredibly talented and she was on a call the other day and I think there were two or maybe three people called Lisa and her and she introduced herself as Lisa it was like no you're the only one on this call who isn't Lisa <laughs> brilliant well that's just it isn't it it's those slip-ups that I just find just amazing but you're right. Yeah, it's uh, the bios, all of that stuff is just it's, it's so rich for um, there's so much I haven't spoken about as well. You know, there's like, you know, business travel, there's going, you know, the festival, like summer stuff. I tend to do it. You know, I do Christmas party sketches at, around Christmas time. So now we're coming up to summer. We've got summer parties. We've got away days. We've got conferences. All of that stuff is just rich for mining award season as well you know so much we can do um i've got a couple of listener questions for you rob oh good so asking the general public for their opinion be it on brexit or boat names is notoriously fraught with danger Uh, but we've got two uh starting funny enough with lisa who asks where do you get your jumpers from do you know what there's a story to this uh and so when i started making content i will i there's a brand called rowing blazer based in new york and I've been obsessed with them. It's like the only thing I spend money on, like as you get a bit older, you kind of, I, I stopped kind of going out and, you know, partying. And so I managed to save a little bit of money and I'd spend them on these jumpers by a brand called Rowing Blazer. And they're quite expensive. I won't tell you how much, but they're, they're not cheap, but they're well made. Um, so all of my, I, I just wear, I just thought I'm going to wear them in all my sketches. And just, just because I love them, number one, 
and they're very me. I've always dressed a bit like this. And so I, I just was just, but I was, I was consistent. But at the back of my mind, I thought, I wonder if one day they'll email me and, and say, let's let us send you free jumpers. And so I, after about six months, I got two in the morning, I got an email from Rowing Blazer. Uh, and then, you know, when I went to New York uh, last year, I got to meet the founder, Jack, who took me for lunch. And, you know, I'm an honorary, I'm a part of their family now. They, they, they never paid me for any of my content, but they'll send me jumpers. I'm getting a delivery today, Giles, actually, of he saw my, saw my sketches recently. He said, oh, your neck's gone in your chest jumper because uh, I'm, you know, I'm, jump, I'm putting these jumpers off, taking them on and, you know, for different sketches. So he said, resending me that jumper and I'm getting some new jumpers. So that is where I get my that is where I get my jumpers from. They're called Rowing Blazer. They're fantastic. It's worth saving up to get a jumper or uh, because they are a bit, they're in their, you know, hundreds, but they're wonderful. So that, yeah, you're right. And it's just become part of um, my sketches now. I think my jumpers are probably for some of the sketches, the best bit, but, um, but it's good. And, you know, being head of influence is wonderful that I'm now get a little bit of influence when it comes to, you know, I'm tagging people all the time when they ask who does my jumpers. I'll tag Rowing Blazer. So I think they're earning their money back, hopefully. Yeah. All those bastards, the bastards of salad cream on. Yeah, exactly. This is a good example of what I call being a true fan. So, you know, as a brand, you don't need to pay people if you can find these content creators who love your brand like i do rowing blazer and salad cream but yet they've yet to reach out um just you know talk to them reach out to them and work with them because i will make content for salad cream for free like they just need they haven't asked me um and uh rowing blazer again you know i don't need you know i'll just continue to wear them uh all the time we'll, we'll definitely include a link to the rowing blazers site uh, on this episode Thank you. I don't, I should probably get an affiliate link at some point, uh, just because I, I, yeah, but you know, I don't, I'm just happy to get free jumpers, quite honestly. Uh, and the second question um, is from Sophie, and I feel like you've kind of touched on this already, but I'll ask it. How much of TikTok Rob is real life Rob? All, almost all of it. What's really nice, and do you know what one of the really nice things is? I've, I've, I've always, uh, I've always been told, like, I've always been quite a fun person to have to work with. I, can, I know it sounds quite uh, egotistical to say that, but it is one of the things. And I'd often get, Rob, you need to be more professional in my review. Like, I'm good at my job, but just, you know, a bit more professional sometimes. And that's been a consistent throughout my career. I'm more professional now, I will hasten to I will say I'm more professional now. But at the same time, it's nice to be able to, that my personality now I can bring into these sketches and actually you know it's, it's yeah this is me essentially because it's it's I'm not act, I'm not a good actor this is you know this is me being me uh, and so it's yeah it, that's why it's easy to write these things because these are my thoughts you know these are my thoughts and observations and anxieties and you know that's what that's that's kind of what they are which is why why it makes them so easy to do so yeah that's why you know I did try I did before I did workplace sketches if you scroll you know two years a year and a half back on my TikTok they're all still up there you'll see the evolution of different characters different you know I wasn't doing workplace sketches I was doing stand-up comedy as I walked around the streets of London I was doing you know I was doing these different I did a I wanted to do some sort of East London kind of, you know, not gangster, but that kind of like East London character who, you know, uh, is a bit of a chancer. I did a character about that. You know, I, none of those things landed. But um, if you go all the way back, the, it shows the evolution of like my personality and and you'll see that you know it, I'm very much at home doing what I'm doing now uh, and but yeah I think you pretty much get this Rob when you work with me um, good good and bad but it also means when I go into calls now people know my sketches they don't ask me to be more professional they almost want uh, you know they I think they want they want the rub from the sketches, I think. So that's nice. Uh, I feel like I don't, I never, I won't get asked to be more professional these days. Let's, let's wait for my next review. But well, I've got a similar uh, story again, uh, someone I used to work with, Becky, who was actually Sophie's assistant at a past agency. She, when she first joined, they, uh, Sophie had a client who was this, um, you know, big South African guy. With, uh, they don't make small ones over there, but he's, he had this huge appetite and they used to always go for breakfast before meetings. And this guy would just, 
put it all away. But Becky was also quite a big eater. So they almost like had this sort of eat off. And anyway, when they went back to the meeting room and they were sat in the boardroom having their meeting, Soph, Soph kind of looked at Becky because she kept kind of ducking her head below the table. And uh, it turns out she had some leftover chicken leg drumsticks from the night before in her handbag. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. She was just kind of tucking into. But Sophie instinctively was like, no, you, you can't do that. You just can't keep doing that. But the client loved Be- Everybody loved Becky. I love Becky. She's amazing. And everyone wanted her involved because she was so funny. She got her finger stuck in a mug once during a meeting and was like waving it around like desperately. I, I think you need those people. Like there's always, you know, you need people that bring the character, especially, you know, in the, you know, there's a lot of hybrid working now. And I miss, I miss the agents, you know, being with everyone in the office. I love that. And, you know, the people with personalities also, because you, you know, if you're just online, you, you, your personality, people don't get to see your personality as much. So I think that's a shame. I don't think I would have done as well. You know, my personality served me quite well, I think, because uh, I think a lot of agencies I've worked at quite liked having me around. Uh, just, you know, I, li- I like, you know, I'd be the office DJ and, or you just, I keep people's spirits up a bit as well. Um, and I, but I enjoy managing people, but I think you're right. You need you need to have different types of people. It's great to have the people that want to take the meeting notes, all that sort of stuff. But you need a Becky. You need someone, you know, who's fun. And clients are human. And this is something that I've learned, you know, they like personalities. They, As long as you make them look good, which is the kind of job of the agency, it's like, you know, they, they like, you, they, they, of course, you know, the formality and all of that's important. But it's nice when you can break down that wall and actually get to the human side to the client because you can have a great relationship. You can go for breakfasts and brunches and, you know, talk rubbish. And, and they let you relax, don't they? Having a Becky, it lets you relax because you're all just going to relax around someone like that. Exactly. Exactly that. It set the standard. And I think it's nice, especially, you know, the, that's what I'd see as culture, you know, that. And then that goes goes for good and bad. You know, I love it when I work. And Fleischmann Hillard's good for this is that, you know, a lot of people have families and they what they finish at six. So it's like, you know, half five, six. So it's like there's not a culture of, you know, you need to be seen to be working till seven or eight. I've been at agencies like that. Uh, and hopefully that is the side of agency, I think, is changing. I hope so, because I just think that you don't need to be like that. that. I think those days have gone of just, you know, putting that hopefully the power is now with the employees uh, rather than the employers well the, the last episode that we released on call to action was with amy ferguson who's chief creative officer of tbwa triad day in new york and very much her mantra is you know turn up work hard but go home um and and we spoke at length about this and this kind of i suppose historic agency culture of of, of like outdoing each other and doing longer hours and just rarely getting home and i, I definitely have seen it change from from our kind of side of things and i think it is changing globally as well yeah i hope so and i think you know i i also like the idea of you know that it feels like there's a there's a real talent probably there's there's a lot of there's a middle middle level and junior there's probably a, there's not many you know there's a lot of roles going at the minute so they you know there's a lot of power to the employees and and you know the hybrid working offering that flexibility like me being able to work four days a week and you know, I think you, it's important. I think hope we've learned from lockdown that you need that life balance. You need to, like I say, now I've got a kid, a, a young girl. It's like, a, I just, you know, that my focus has shifted a bit. And, you know, I look for things like, you know, I'm in my 40s. I, I'm interested in the benefits. I'm less interested. What's less important to me is having a bar on a Thursday. You know, that used to be everything to me. I've worked at some great agencies where, you know, we'd go out and we'd party and, you know, I'd spend, you know, it should be so much fun. But now, you know, it's less interesting. I'm more interested in getting a, a a chocolate hamper sent to my house and and the pension scheme. Unfortunately, that's what's interesting to me. But it's nice. You can, you can have all of those things. You know, you, we still do Friday bar and all of that stuff. And it's still good to do that. But, you know, priorities change, Giles, as you know. They do. They do. And, and that's not a bad thing. So, yeah, congrats again for becoming a dad. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm not going to like pivot to doing dad TikTok uh, sketches. I might do. We'll never rule it out. You're not going to be on baby TV soon. No, one of the um, one of our clients is water wipes uh, that I work with, um, which I'd never even heard of before we had a, a baby. Uh, and it's, you know, they've been very kind. They've given me some product. And uh, it's like, you know, it's amazing what 
the world that opens up when you have a child of just like the brands you now are familiar with that you just are not on your radar before it's uh it's a whole world of uh but you know maybe i will end up doing some dad content or dad stand up eventually but i'm trying to avoid it right now <laughs> there's time the the final part rob of the interview is our four pertinent poses that we put to all of our guests uh, starting with what advice would you give to your younger self i'd say just keep going you know just don't lose your personality and your enthusiasm i think what i see now even with young people i as a more senior role i mean people uh, the bar is low in terms of being impressed so when i see people that are enthusiastic uh, it's so it's so such a valuable thing to have in an agency is that enthusiasm you don't need to be the smartest one in the room but if you're enthusiastic and you want to learn and you know write everything down there that that's the advice I give people and I I'd still give that to myself so I'd say you know I'd love to have started I didn't start stand up till I was like 34 35 so I'd love to have started that earlier I, I think just stick with it and like don't be scared to fail and go to different agencies figure out what you like like I said you know sometimes I'm in the mood for working at big agencies small agencies don't be afraid to be a freelancer you know maybe go and work in different countries is a good I never really did that but you know me and my wife might move to New York one day because she's from New York so you know don't who knows where who knows what the future is as well good advice um if you could banish one thing from the industry what would it be and why albeit it might rob you of material I think the yeah weekend working and late night working um I'd banish that I think that just a lot of the time it comes down but down to bad communication and someone not putting the saying no to a client or just not educating the client that things take time and you know there's something something's gone wrong I'm sometimes you just need to because of last minute requests but something's gone wrong if everyone's working past seven every night you know it's, there's something wrong there either you're not employing enough people or you know it's it, but you know that's part of it and you know that's then for some I don't like it when people say that's just the nature of agency I think that we can change that I, I'd banish that yeah, that's a good one. I don't think that's come up actually before, weirdly. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely a good one. So number three, are there any books that you would recommend to our listeners? They don't have to be work-related. But... What books have I... Do you know what? One of the first books I ever read was Eating the Big Fish, which was about the guy who started St. Luke's from TBWA. And that got me really excited about the industry. I'm not sure if that's aged well. I haven't read it since I was 20. But that was something that I, I suddenly realised how fun advertising and marketing could be. So that was one. I think the guy, Andy Law, has got an agency now called Eating the Big Fish. There's a book that's... There's, so there's... Uh, for, for comedy, um, I love reading about... I love reading biographies. So I, I like reading... Steve Coogan's got a good one, just about his comedy writing... Judd Apatow has got one called Sick in the Head, which is just about interviews with like writers. I'm reading about Mel Brooks at the minute. I love Mel Brooks. So I love reading about great writers like David Sedaris, Mel Brooks, those sorts of people I really look up to. And I love read. That's where I get my, you know, inspiration from. I think, yeah, industry wise, uh, there's a few people who I like who this is a sort of I'm pivoting the question a bit now I've never met her but there's some I'm probably not going to say her surname Zoe Skamen but she writes a lot about um the metaverse and I just she's one of those people every time she posts something I'll I'll send it to the work whatsapp group I'm, and sometimes I even probably pass it off as my own because I'll copy and paste it but I just find her fascinating as a she's so smart and so interesting and such a a good I think role model for people in the industry because she doesn't suffer fools, you know. Uh, it's the same with Cindy Gallup, is it? Uh, and Vicky, Vicky Ross is a copywriter. I just love people like that who just, I just, uh, you know, I get a lot of inspiration about the industry from those people. So I read a lot. I follow them on Twitter and LinkedIn, and I just find them inspiring. Um, so yeah, those people as well. Awesome. Well, Zoe and Vicky have both been on the pod. There you go. I, do you know what I haven't? I, I I will dig out because I just find them fascinating. I just everything they say, I'm like, yep, I agree with you. And but I learn a lot about you know the met. You know the, the thing about the industry is you find if you if you kind of collect these experts, you can you can be so much smarter and well and better informed in meetings. And Zoe especially, I like just listen to what she sent. Every link she posts, I'll read even if I don't understand it because I just it just makes me better informed when it comes to the metaverse and 
she's often she'll post stuff i'm like i don't because you know with nfts and stuff i'm skeptical i think she's skeptical as well but she posts some great examples and it's just you know i find those people fascinating in the industry she donated um we set up a mental health initiative at the start of lockdown called isolated talks and both zoe and vicky donated wonderful talks which were both hugely popular vicky's was called right right uh, and zoe did zoe i recall did one on sci-fi the future the future of sci-fi and strategy or sci-fi and strategy related but i highly i'll send you a link to both but the sci-fi one was actually really really interesting certainly from a strategy perspective because it's kind of centered around exploring like the question what if she's so smart isn't she i was going to say we had um the late great uh, friend of mine murray calder who sadly is, is no longer with us but he he spoke when he came on the podcast a few years ago now about sci-fi and how he sees parallels with strategy work because it is all about exploring what if like what if humans couldn't live on this planet then this and then what if they couldn't do x y and z then this and it was that kind of I suppose, flexing that what if question that both him and Zoe talk about when they talk about sci-fi and how it can be beneficial to think that way. It's just amazing. I just can't get enough of it. And then, do you know what's been really good? Just because I've made this, because I do my sketches and, and, and just through LinkedIn as well, just being able to talk to some of the, only messaging, but to meet, to talk to some of these people who I like and admire and gives you the confidence because I've, you know, my profile is bigger than it was last year. So I, could, I feel like I can reach out to these people and, and you know, uh, it's it's great it's it's been really nice that I get to if I know that if I want to talk to Zoe I'm sure she'd take my call now just because well I say that I don't know but like I just find people like that fascinating and I talk to Vicky Ross quite a lot on Twitter and uh, just share things that I think she might be interested in so it's great um, and then so number four is we always dedicate every episode to someone and we bestow or hospital pass that honor depending on your view to our guest who has to give the reason why so would you kindly dedicate this episode 100% need to dedicate this one to my wife uh, Sally and I'll tell you why because you just imagine you marry a man who then wants to go down to four days a week because he wants to create TikTok content um, so you know you're taking a dip in wage just off a hunch that you want to create this content you know and you're not you don't get anything back for a year you're not getting I'm not getting deals thrown at me at the beginning uh, so you know just that support she thinks that she she still laughs at all my jokes and you know it's uh, that is such a nice it's nice she's given me the confidence to go off and create these TikToks and that you know that takes a lot you know like they say behind every man is a good woman like she's my she's my partner she comes up with some great ideas as well I don't give her enough credit she comes up with great ideas as well um and she's cool. She's a web, she's a web developer. She works. She's she's really cool in an industry where it's very men centric. She's a fantastic force of nature. So she's she's brilliant. And uh, I dedicate that to her. That this to her because she's yeah she's been brilliant and she continues to you know I'm hopefully getting to go to Tac Can this year with TikTok and I'm taking her with me as a you know it's a as a treat. Uh, so I can work and she can sit in the sun with our new baby. Amazing. Well, that's that's um, this episode is very, very happy to be dedicated to Sally. That's wonderful. Thank you, Rob. Perfect. Thank you very much, Charles. Everyone listening is a final call to action. They can head over and find links on this episode to everything we've discussed, including uh, rowing blazer links. Um, we'll try and lob a salad cream link in there. Some Jessica Kirsten footage. Um, how else can can our listeners get more Rob Mayhew? Yeah, so follow me on TikTok. I think I'm trying to think what my TikTok name is. I think it's something like Mr. Robert Mayhew. Hang on a minute. Let me check. It was something that, you you know, I didn't think enough about at the time. For some reason, I went as a, for, as a Robert because I, I think I just wanted to be maybe, God knows what I was thinking. Yeah, Mr. Robert Mayhew on TikTok. LinkedIn is Rob Mayhew. I've got a couple of LinkedIn profiles. So um, one of them, I just lost my login so make sure you don't follow the rob mayhew that's still an account manager follow the one that's head of influence at fleischman hiller because that's me um and yeah i'm not particularly active on twitter so just yeah uh, just follow me and then oh and on instagram as well rob mayhew comedy but to be honest follow me on tiktok and linkedin they're the two awesome well, well links to those two will also be included um there and leave account manager rob alone rob thank you so much for joining us honestly i've, I've enjoyed this hugely it's been a, it's been a real pleasure thank you giles it's been fun and uh, yeah i love the podcast so keep up the good work thank you finally thank you everyone 
listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share and review the pod. Keep questions and guest requests coming in. To get in touch, it's easy to find Gasp online. You can check out CTA Pod on Instagram or just email hello at calltoaction.co. Try and I try and I try.